0: Okay so as I said we are continuing with these unsung heroes under this title this morning Remember Me and we're going to be looking in a moment at the story of Tychicus um, or at least at the very few bits of information that we have about Tychicus that can tell us about him. Um, For those of you that are new to us this unsung heroes series that we came up with was designed to sort of introduce and highlight these characters that we haven't heard about maybe or that we've even forgotten about but more importantly they're characters that um, help us to see what God thinks of us that help us to see that God loves each of us whether we're big personalities that everyone knows whether we're loud extroverts or whether we're more quieter, unassuming types, whether we're leaders or we're followers. These unsung heroes teach us that if we're willing to surrender and be all in, God works in us and through us according to his plan and purpose. I wonder how you want to be remembered, or what do you want to be remembered for? Maybe who do you want to be remembered as? I've got a little quiz for you this morning, so here are some people who have been remembered for one very, very famous thing, but actually there are other things that they may well have, been, uh, have ended up being remembered for. Some of them that they might not wanted to have been remembered for, so here's the first one. A female monarch who proposed to her future husband. Any ideas? You can shout out your answer. It was Queen Victoria, well done, Anne. No, it wasn't. It was Janice. Okay, next one. A US president slash film star, that gives it away straight away, who liked to hold the earlobes of his family and friends. Imagine being remembered for holding people's earlobes instead of being remembered for being the US president. That's a bit strange. Any ideas who that one was? It was Ronald Reagan. You are absolutely right. So he could have been remembered for holding people's earlobes. He wasn't, but there we are. Here's another one. An author who was obsessed with his hair and combed it hundreds of times a day. Any ideas who that might have been? So instead of being remembered as an author, he might have been remembered as being obsessed with his hair and combing it hundreds of times a day. Does anybody know? Take a wild guess. You are right. It was Dickens. He apparently kept a comb in his pocket and he combed his hair hundreds of times a day. So there you go. There's a bit of vanity for you. Who knew that about Dickens? Everybody thought he was, you know, that strong political writer, but no, actually he was just obsessed with his hair. Here's another one. An inventor, this is horrible, an inventor who fired his secretary for being overweight. That's mean, isn't it? Fancy being remembered for that. Anyone want to have a guess at who that was? No? Okay. It was Nikola Tesla. There you go. Okay, and then the last one, a rock star who has a PhD in astrophysics. Does anyone know who that is? Go on, say it out loud again. May, it was. It is absolutely Brian May of Queen, okay? So instead of being remembered... For playing the guitar exceptionally well, he might have been remembered as an astrophysicist. I wonder how you want to be remembered or who you want to be remembered as. Hopefully not like Reagan, holding other people's earlobes or firing somebody because they're overweight. So we're going to um, hear about Tychicus this morning, and we're going to see how he is remembered, how his tiny bit of story is recorded in the New Testament. And we've got two really short passages that are going to help us to find out about Tychicus. The first one is from Colossians, and the second one is from Ephesians. Here we go from Colossians. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me, he is a dear brother a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Anesimus, our faithful and dear brother who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. So that was from Colossians. And then from Ephesians, quite similar. Tychicus the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord will tell you everything so that you may also know how I am and what I'm doing I'm sending him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you so remember me I wonder how we're going to be remembered. I wonder how good your memory is. As I said earlier, mine isn't great. Have you ever been in that situation? Maybe you're out and about, or perhaps you're shopping, or you're on holiday, um, or you're somewhere else, and you bump into someone who's out of context, someone that you wouldn't normally see in that place, maybe someone that you haven't seen for a long time. And the years having passed, sometimes it can be difficult to recall exactly who that person is. And you search their eyes and their face for some sort of clues as the conversation carries on. They ask how you are, they ask what you're doing these days, they ask how the kids are if you've got those, but you're still unsure exactly how you know them. This happened to me a few months ago in the doorway of a shop. I bumped into a lady and her adult daughter and for ages and ages I didn't recognize them I just couldn't place how I knew them I didn't even remember their names or anything about them until the older lady started to talk to Esther who was with me at the time and she asked with great interest which daughter Esther was fair enough and what she's currently up to with school and as I listened the penny dropped This lady, who was paying great care and attention and interest in Esther's well-being and life, was none other than a very special teaching assistant I had worked with 18 years ago when I was ahead of year. Her name was Lynn. The main thing that made me realise who she was and finally recall her name was not her face, it was not her eyes, it was her character. The way that she took care to speak to Esther that day, to ask who she was, to take interest in what's going on in her life, reminded me of that same lady that I had worked with all of those years ago. It was a lady who had cared deeply about the students that we worked with, who took care to learn and to remember names and pay attention to the detail of people's lives. And although her face was lost to me in the midst of time, her character was not... And that was what I remembered her for, was her character. And that's what we're going to consider as we hear these brief descriptions that we have of Tychicus. And as we expand on those different aspects of his character that are recorded for us by Paul, we're going to think about how they point us to Jesus and how we might develop our own character in those different ways. So first of all, just a brief biography of Tychicus, just a little bit of information about him. He was from Asia Minor, which is Turkey-ish. We're not sure exactly where. What he did, he was a fellow minister with Paul. He travelled around with him to Asia and Syria, and he was with him in Rome when Paul was in prison or under house arrest. He carried letters to Ephesus and Colossae, we believe. And in terms of his gifts, we know that he was faithful, that he was reliable that he was an encourager, he was a servant, and a news sharer. I couldn't really think of a, a way to describe that, so news sharer seemed to be the best way. So Tychicus, what can we learn about Tychicus? Well, first of all, he was described as a dear brother. In that passage, those passages we read, we also um, saw that he was described as a faithful minister or servant in the Lord's. And finally, he was a reliable encourager. And it's those points that we're going to use to help us this morning to unpack his character a little bit and to think about how we might be remembered. So first of all, he was a dear brother. Paul clearly loves Tychicus and he expects that others will do the same. Tychicus is one of the Christian family, and in following the command of Jesus by loving others, he has also become dear and loved by them. Jesus said, didn't he, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. I think there's something incredibly attractive about a community or a family who genuinely love one another you can't help but want to spend time in their presence you can't help but want to become part of what it is that they have for one another and Jesus says that this is how he wants us to be known by those that don't yet know him this is how people will know that we're his disciples those who love one another you don't get called dear brother or dear sister without having first shown love for one another that love that only Christians can have for one another, the love that Jesus gives us. We love because he first loved us. And Paul reminds us what that love is like. He says it's patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. This is the type of love that Tychicus had experienced. This is the type of love that Tychicus had given away to be called dear brother. Love that never fails. And this is the love that Jesus is talking about when he commands us to love one another. This is the love that Paul had in mind when he described Tychicus as dear brother. But have a little look at that list. Patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast. How easy is it to love like that? I don't think it's very easy at all. I don't feel very patient a lot of the time. Sometimes people really irritate me and I feel quite snappy. I don't want to be kind to them. Sometimes I feel quite jealous and I think I want what that person has or I want to look like them. It's not easy to love in that way. Well, that's if we rely on our own limited resources. I've been reading a book recently by Dallas Willard. It's called Renovation of the Heart. And I tell you, boy, does it go deep. And Willard says this. He's talking about um, us receiving God's love and that that's how we are able to give love. He says, taking love itself, God's kind of love, into the depths of our being through the way of spiritual formation will enable us to act lovingly. It's only when we receive God's love for ourselves that we are able to give love as we spend time with God in his presence, allowing him to transform our hearts through his love. Then we're able to love one another. Then we're able to be patient and kind and not envy one another. And then we become known as dear brother, dear sister, just like Tychicus. So Tychicus as well was a faithful minister and servant in the Lord, it says. And we've got countless examples, I think, in the Gospels of Jesus teaching and giving the disciples opportunity to be faithful As ministers and servants in demonstrating and speaking out the gospel. Let let me uh, remind you of the feeding of the 5,000 from Mark. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. So the people send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat they said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. So the disciples have been following Jesus for a short while. They're just learning his message. They're just finding out. About him. They don't really still know the full extent of his work on earth, but he invites them and he encourages them to have a go and to become faithful servants and ministers. Verse 37 says, But he answered, You give them something to eat. That's just Jesus saying, You go and have a go at being a faithful servant or minister. This morning, the children are learning about the story of Noah. They're just doing the first half this week. So if you talk to them about it, don't give away the second half. So they're just learning the bit um, where uh, God tells Noah to build a boat, and he builds it, and he pops the animals inside, not the second bit. So don't give away the ending. But what they're learning is that Noah was faithful in carrying out what God had called him to do, despite how daft he probably felt and looked to others. I wonder, as we spend time with God in prayer, do we pause long enough to allow him to speak? I wonder where is Jesus inviting us to minister and to serve? Who or what is he showing you that you could make a difference to someone else's life? It might be within our church community or fellowship, or it might be outside it. Where is Jesus saying to you, like he did to the disciples, you give them something to eat, you do it. Where are the opportunities for us to be called faithful minister or servant in the Lord? Tychicus was known as a reliable encourager. He was someone who could be trusted to deliver important news. He gave testimony, he was a news sharer about how Paul and his companions were. And he also shared words of encouragement, it says, with other believers when he delivered those letters to Colossae. And to Ephesus. I think that's a direct reflection of Jesus' instruction and encouragement at the end of the gospel account of Matthew. When Jesus says to the disciples and to us. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age I wonder where has God called you to be reliable to serve diligently in a ministry that he's given you maybe you're not sure of where that is at the moment, perhaps you need to take some time to pray quietly and ask God what situations or people he brings to your mind or that come across your path in the coming days and weeks, who could you encourage this week who could you send a quick text to let them know that you're praying for them who could you go and visit? We've got a couple of people in hospital at the moment. Who, could you, uh, who would appreciate some interest or concern that you could show? You can do those things knowing that Jesus is with you always in every situation. We never go it alone in the kingdom of God. We can try to be reliable and to encourage people in our own strength. But I think we very quickly run out of resources. We forget things. But if we spend time asking the spirit to fill us, it's amazing how he provides supernaturally just what we need to encourage others. Remember me? I wonder, how will others remember you? How will others remember me? Who will we be remembered as? In a moment, we're going to remember Jesus as we take communion together. And it's in those moments when we remember him, when we put him first, not just remember him as in, oh yeah, I remember him, but really remember him, fix ourselves on him then that's when we become known as dear brother or sister. That's when we can become faithful minister or servant in the Lord. That's when we can become a reliable encourager because Jesus was first all of those things for us, a dear brother to us, a faithful minister, a faithful servant who served to the end, even to the cross and a reliable encourager who promises to always be with us.